Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and SWE's blog, All Together, at altogether.swe.org. Looking for more information and data on women in engineering? Head over to research.swe.org and review the groundbreaking research that SWE has been conducting. SWE's research efforts include reporting on women of color in engineering and how community colleges may play a role in getting more women to graduate with engineering degrees. You can also check out the annual SWE Literature Review in SWE Magazine's State of Women in Engineering issue. Hi, I'm Heather Doty, FY21 President of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. I'm joined today by Dr. Kim Warren-Martin, creator and lead consultant at Reignite Her Light. She is a former engineer and an award-winning executive with a solid reputation in corporate diversity and inclusion. During the last eight years of her 27-year corporate career, Dr. Warren Martin ran a global women's initiative helping women get to the top of a Fortune 50 technology company. She held the belief that you can hashtag have it all as long as you're the one who defines what, quote, it all, quote, means to you. So Dr. Warren Martin decided to pro-tire and bring this concept to life. Since then, she has dedicated her time and business to researching, studying, creating, and designing methodologies and strategies to help high-achieving professional women pinpoint and make the hidden, unique mark they want to make in the world. Dr. Warren Martin has partnered with SWE to bring our members and listeners live, interactive empowerment workshops aimed at helping women rediscover their passion for work and life. To learn more and register, visit advancedlearning.swe.org. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Kim. Thanks for having me here, Heather. I'm very excited about this conversation and to be reconnected with the Society of Women Engineers and to have an opportunity to share about uh, the work that I'm doing and bless lives. So I'm really excited to be here. Likewise, I'm excited to have you. So you actually began your career as an engineer. What was it about engineering that appealed to you or drew you in? That is an awesome question. And um, I have to say that I've always had a questioning mind. Um, I was good at math when I was growing up. I loved science. I loved understanding how things worked and, you know, ripping things apart and trying to put them back together again. I loved chemistry and and all things like that were just really intriguing to me. Um, But what really, really got me into engineering was my parents. (laughs) they read an article in the Wall Street Journal that said engineering careers would be the up and coming careers of the future. And that if I had an engineering degree, I'd always have a job. Um, I was actually number one of four girls. I have three younger sisters and I was considered a role model. So the decision uh, to go into engineering was actually made by my parents. Now, interestingly, my life plan Uh, was to be singing and dancing on Broadway and acting in movies in Hollywood had nothing to do with engineering. But their goal was to make sure that I had a good life, that I had a job, that I was able to eat, you know, have a roof over my head and, and, you know, focus on things that I wanted to do in my life, you know, have a career. Um, So 
I, it wasn't really where I wanted to be, but once I went to school and I began to study, um, it was really fascinating to me um, because it's a discipline. It's a way of thinking. Um, and I find that it, it permeates my life um, in all facets of it and even my creativity. Uh, because for me, I, I used to say I was this weird mix of, you know, being analytical and creative, but now I don't call it weird. It's just, you know, the way I am. So I, I'm analytically creative and creatively analytical. Um, and I, I love the fact of, of the fact of making something happen um, and programming something um, and seeing it come to life. I spent a lot of my career in the telecommunications industry um, and working on technology that makes phones work, uh, ATM machines dispense money, um, you know, voice over IP. Um, I was in the early workings of voice over IP and signaling system seven and so on and so forth. So it's very exciting to me uh, from that standpoint, again, because I had a questioning mind, uh, even though it wasn't my first choice. So all the credit there goes to my parents. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, shifting gears a little bit, in your current role, you help women discover what fulfills them and use that to fuel their futures. How and why did you make that shift from engineer to empowerment coach? Well, um, Heather, I read a statistic that said the number one regret people have on their deathbed is that they lived life the way they were expected to live, not the way they wanted to live. And I, I always had a belief that, you know, I could live life the way I wanted to live. Um, and for me, I believe that we can be both successful and fulfilled. I don't think that we have to sacrifice one for the other. I know that's the prevailing belief. Uh, in fact, during my uh, career, there were several different uh, schools of thought. Uh, one was that you simply just cannot have it all. Another one was that, well, okay, over time, you can have it all, but just not all at the same time. Um, and so for people like me who wanted it all, wanted both success and fulfillment at the same time, uh, that just didn't work really well. So I, I do believe you can have it all, uh, both success and fulfillment at the same time. The key, though, is that you have to be the one who defines what success means to you. And that's just not at a surface level. And for most of us, our definition of life, the success, it came through um, conditioning. It was passed down to us from our families, from well-meaning teachers, from you know TV, schools, um, our communities, and ethnic practices, and the list goes on. Um, but it was defined outside of us. And for the most part, that definition, I can certainly say for me personally, it did not include fulfillment. And even research has shown that you're considered lucky if you get to experience fulfillment, that it's it's a rare byproduct and some just, you know, consider it a fantasy because we, we live up to expectations. Um, we want to make our parents proud. We want to make our children proud, our spouses proud. We want to do well at work. And we do those things. And sometimes we compromise uh, what fulfills us most. We, we just bury it. Um, and I've always wanted to get everything I could out of life. And, and I believe that we're all created that way. I'll, I'll spare you some of the stories of my childhood and, you know, some of the, the wild things I did. <laughs> my parents just, you know, shaking their heads. But I literally have believed that, you know, we can get everything out of life. Um, and I, I think that we can have it. It just requires a, a mindset shift, um, a change of perspective, and in some cases also a change in state, but it can happen for us. And I believe it's irrespective of what's going on in the economy. 
or what might be going on in a particular company or in, in a family. It's about discovering and connecting and owning the impact that you want to make. Um, so that may be, for some, creating the latest, greatest technology, or for others, designing some piece of artificial intelligence You know, that's going to help better the lives of people in a particular circumstance in some way. But I feel that it's most important to make an impact and not just exist our way through life, but to live, live the life that we've been granted. And so for me, I knew I wasn't alone um, and I wanted to help others be able to do the same. Um, there's a quote that uh, Steve Jobs makes and I'll just you know take a piece of it. But the, the part that I'll give is, is the part where he says the crazy one or the ones who are crazy enough uh, to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. And so <laughs> I just felt like that was a perfect description of me and, and, you know, and the work I do, although my work is not crazy. It's just that I was so, I was, and I am absolutely convinced that I can do it. And maybe not for all of us, but certainly for some of us. And I can do it for people. Uh, you know, I can't do it for people, but I can assist them and in, in, in getting it done. And I've walked this path I've created and I've learned some strategies and methodologies for doing it. Most of my work is out of my own journey. It's not something I read in a book, but it's something I've walked out. So I consider myself a woman on a mission to change the formula that we're currently using to do life so I can help women reach their full potential, but do it from their area of greatest fulfillment. And it is possible. I'm absolutely convinced we don't have to sacrifice one for the other because when you own the definition of fulfillment and you own the definition of success, you're not at risk of, you know, having your proverbial ladder on the wrong wall. Um, so for me, what I get to do in life now, I, I mean, and I, I, I emphasize the word get because I'm super excited about it, but the work that I get to do now is about impact. And I feel like it's my life's work. And because I know there's others that have these something burning on the inside of them, uh, people who've been existing and not living. What I want to do is is really to help to reignite that light, um, so they can move from existing to living. And I've seen performance increase, productivity improve. You know, when you're not in a place of drudgery and you move through life differently, make decisions differently, and things just change um, when when we get to that place where. We reignite that light and definitely we're able to move forward in a different fashion. Absolutely. So you've touched on this program that you've created, Reignite Her Light, and a little bit about what that means. So can you share with us why you think it is so important for women and women engineers in particular to reignite their light? Absolutely. Um, I am a person, if you can't already tell, <laughs> I love life and, and I believe that we again, should all live life the way we want to live. What's interesting is that the average age of a woman uh, in the U.S., and I know this varies in other um, countries, and I realize that the society has a, an international presence. Um, I'm just using this for example purposes. And in fact, the life expectancy of a woman in the U.S., is actually not at the top. It's lower than some other countries. So uh, here in the U.S., we are not number one when it comes to life expectancy. But it's anywhere from 79 to 81 years. And we often say that life is you know, too short for this or it's too short for that. Um, what I love to say is that life is too long to live unfulfilled. So imagine 
um, even you know on the low end, seventy nine years. Um, even if you're out there and you're sixty years old, just imagine, um, you know, that's uh, just on average, that's another nineteen years um, of living in a place of unfulfillment. So no matter where you are, if you're just starting out, or if you're already deep into your career. Um, to stay in a place of unfulfillment um, is is a place of you know discontent, and I, I just can't even imagine that for that long, because success without fulfillment is empty. It's an empty place to be. In fact, Tony Robbins calls it you know the the greatest failure um, in life. Um, so so that said, um, I believe that we we really can take the time and and define what it is we really want. Um, out of life, uh, we can discover what impact we want to make. Uh, the work I do is really working with women to discover what that impact is. Uh, you know, describing and defining what it's going to look like, and creating a strategy um, to get there. Uh, some people come here uh, almost, you know, it's like from birth they knew exactly what they wanted to do. You know, what they where they were going to go, what was going to be their impact in life. And some people have it down, and I truly um, admire that. But for the bulk of us, that's not the case. And so for other people like me, we have to really discover what that is. And I've been able to uh, put together a formula. Uh, we're engineers. It's a really simple formula. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's M, um, you know, plus R squared plus L equals F. And the M in that formula is a really around mastering your relationship uh, with disappointment. It's those things that didn't turn out the way you wanted them to in life, whether it was personally um, or professionally. Um, a lot of times when we go through those things, uh, we, we put up walls, we make decisions that we, you know, I'm never going to let that happen again, um, you know, or I'm never going to be in that that circumstance or scenario. And so we really have to be able to move through some things. Um, it's a multi-stage process and um, it, it literally does dig deep um, to help remove some things to help you to get to uh, the first R, um, literally where you do some rewiring of, of things um, that are going on uh, in your mind. I call it rewiring your affirmational memory. The interesting thing about that is that um, we think tens of thousands of thoughts a day, and a lot of those thoughts are negative. And what they're do is const they're doing is constantly reaffirming things, um, you know, from small to large. And so we want to be in a space where we can move those things out of the way. And the second R is redefining success because now you're in the perfect place um, to to redefine and to own the definition. Um, and then the the L is really putting a plan in place. And L really stands for launch, uh, for being able to launch forward, uh, you know, owning your new definition of success and working through what that means and what you want um, out of life, out of your career, out of your relationships. And so that is one one phase that that fulfillment formula is one phase of a five-step process when it comes to the Reignite Her Light program. But for me, it really is all about helping people and women in particular and women engineers. And um, there's a lot of research out there, uh, you know, around uh, corporate environments and women in engineering roles. And I, I'm not going to go down that road, but it really is helping women to thrive 
um, in life and their career and their relationships um, based on what fulfills you most. And instead of having the definition being externally driven, it's going to come from the inside out, which for some may be a new concept, um, but definitely it's a, it's a, uh, a, a possibility and, and a way of doing things differently and living in what I call a soulful state um, of fulfillment. And we'll go deeper into that uh, in some upcoming workshops. That sounds fantastic. I can't wait for them. So what are some of your professional goals as the creator and lead consultant at Reignite Her Light? I mean, I think you we've already touched on the fact that you're super passionate about this, but what changes specifically would you like to see happen for women leaders through your work? So specifically, some of the changes I'd like to see are for, um, you know, most people, uh, as I mentioned, so it all is defined externally, but really to understand that definition and own it, um, to transcend uh, and override the conditioning and determine what you really, uh, what do you really want to go after? Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is to um, stop believing that success and fulfillment are mutually exclusive um, because they aren't. Um, and so opening that up and, and helping women to understand that, as well as to stop hiding, hiding your dream behind your success. Um, I've done a lot of work with women nearly on, on nearly every continent on the planet. And, um, you know, I've seen this as, as a common thing because everything is externally defined and we're living up to other um, definitions of success um, and going through um, those types of motions. But to really own your fulfillment and to be able to do life differently, to live from a place of fulfillment and as I said earlier, it does cause you to move through life differently. It helps you make, deci make decisions differently. Um, we all understand that uh, in a work environment and even in a, a business environment, if you're an entrepreneur out there and you own your own company, there are some things that we have to do or that we do that we may not want to do. But even in that, you uh, should be able to find some, some level of joy so we identify a lot of those things. And I, I just want people, I just want women. So women specifically to be able to live from the space of life that gives them the greatest area of fulfillment and not putting everything that we want um, aside. I've literally seen women just burst out in tears um, at the moment they realize okay, my, my last child is about to go through college. So I am no longer needed um, in that space, you know, in my home. And one in particular um, just broke down because she said, what if they never come back? What am I going to do? Who am I going to be, um, you know, from, the, from that mother role? Others are excited about the empty nest syndrome, <laughs> but it's, it's across the spectrum. And I, I think the bottom line is I just want women to know you don't have to sacrifice your success for fulfillment. You can, you can actually live a fulfilled life and be very, very successful. Fantastic. Well, in addition to helping women feel empowered in their personal and professional lives, you also consult on matters of diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI. What advice can you give to those who are looking to create a more diverse, inclusive environment within their companies and teams? Well, that's a great question as well. <laughs> but I think the key to diversity and inclusion 
is in the culture uh, of the organization, the culture of the team, the culture of the company, and, and, and truly having an inclusive environment. I believe it's inclusion that makes diversity sustainable and long-lasting. And I think it helps to keep an organization from becoming a revolving door, um, if you will, uh, and helps to have employees that are thriving and not just surviving. And there's many facets of diversity. Yes, it's gender. And yes, it's ethnicity. It's also age, education, life experiences, and the like. Because all of those lead to, um, ideally lead to a diversity of thought, um, diversity of uh, contributions, uh, and the ability to contribute um, in diverse ways. Um, But I believe inclusive environments welcome uh, the beauty of the differences, and they make people feel safe, uh, safe to share different ideas um, and different experiences. And that inclusive environments allow people uh, to be more creative because when you feel safe and you feel like you belong, um, you know, you open up uh, and you're and you're more involved. You open up to being more engaged and more invested. Um, it's not just about bringing diverse talent in. Whatever that diverse, uh, the word diverse means in each organization. Uh, if it's an organization that's looking to bring one or more, uh, uh, bring on more women or uh, promote more Latinos or, you know, team up. Or, or a team that's predominantly women that want to bring on more men. Um, uh, it could be an African-American organization um, that is seeking to diversify and they want to hire people of other ethnicities and, and various skill sets. And the reason I bring that up is because often, in particular in large corporations, we talk about bringing in more women, more, uh, the word minorities is used um, there. And so um, the idea is though, it could be a different type of business. And so diversity um, is diverse, uh, Pun intended there, okay? <laughs> because each <laughs> because each case can be unique. And so being inclusive, um, I believe, supports employees. It means helping them to feel, you know, that, that they're not isolated, they're not uh, like the only, and I'm using air quotes on that one, or they're not different. Um, so it, it's important, uh, again, whether it's a multinational corporation or a small to medium business, because the cost of bringing in employees and training them only to have them leave because they don't feel like they belong or like they're accepted or that their opinions don't matter. These, you know, things like that are very costly. Uh, and the higher up you go in the ranks, the greater the cost. So I believe that inclusion also makes people feel comfortable uh, recommending or recruiting others. So when people feel included and valued and and like they matter, they'll become a mouthpiece for you and recommend others. And and that literally can help diversity and recruiting to grow organically even. Um, so we spend one third of our lives working and people want to feel that, you know, them being their matters um, and that they're valued and make a difference. And they, most people want to learn, they want to grow. Um, they're really looking to contribute and to make an impact. They're not, it's not about, looking to check a box. They want to feel that their investment of time and energy and effort is welcomed and valued. And they also want to feel just, you know, touching on equity a bit. They also want to feel like people like them will be able to, you know, will be given opportunities to grow and advance. And, and I just feel like as environments become more inclusive, um, you know, uh, that they will continue to grow organically. And it's not about alienating or ignoring 
whatever the dominant or the predominant population might be, whatever that tends to be, whatever ethnic group, gender, age group that is, um, it's about expanding and each valuing each other and supporting from top down. I don't believe you can, you know, make an edict and, you know, thou shalt be inclusive sort of thing. I, I think, <laughs> I think right. it really, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's so, so support has to come from top down and value the contributions, you know, from bottom up and from the middle. And so I really believe that inclusion is a key and creating an inclusive environment means included, including those who are impacted, which is everyone in the change, getting them invested in the change and culture can be challenging to change but it's not an impossibility. Absolutely. Well, shifting gears a little bit, it can be difficult as a working woman, especially one in a leadership role, to find a healthy work-life balance. So I'm curious, what do you do personally to unwind and disconnect from your professional responsibilities? Okay. This is a really interesting question for me because learning to disconnect was huge (laughs) because my mind was always working, working overtime. And, uh, for me, I had to shift my thinking, uh, you know, from work life, from thinking of work life balance to thinking more of work life management. And that one tweak uh, for me subconsciously caused me to evaluate my thinking differently and to value, uh, what I call my downtime or my me time, Um, So what I had to do is schedule it on my calendar. Now, that may sound extreme, but for me, I had to put it on my calendar because, you know, there are people out there that say, what's on my calendar, it gets done. And that was true for me. (laughs) So um, I I actually put it on there as flex time. Uh, So it was time for me, and I called it flex because it was time for me to just do whatever I wanted. So when I scheduled it, so the first thing was to schedule it. The second thing was to honor it because that was a whole different, um, you know, sort of, you know, hill to climb <laughs> to honor Absolutely. the schedule. <laughs> so then when I started to honor the schedule, things changed. Um, so for me, I love the arts. Remember, I already said I wanted to be in movies and be on Broadway. So I love the arts. Um, so I love uh, symphony. I love opera. I love stage plays. Um, so I, I, anything that has to do with arts, I like ice dancing and, you know, um, gymnastics. I am with you on all of these things. (laughs) Yeah. So I have a music degree in addition to my engineering degree. So I'm all with you on all of stuff. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) My husband does, um, as well, his undergrad degree uh, as well. So he's a musician. Um, but I love reading. Um, I love writing. Um, I love journaling. Um, I love uh, meditating and praying. I actually, a few years ago, got into grounding um, and really to help uh, demagnify my body because I also got into um, studying, you know, the body a lot and the, you know, the mind-body connection. I love natural health. Um, there's so many different things. I love playing with essential oils and blends. And I'm just listing a few things that, you know, I do in my flex time. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm learning to play chess. I've always wanted to know how to play chess. And so my husband plays chess really well, although I have to say he's really competitive. And so I'm thinking I'm going to have to find someone else to actually help me to really, really <laughs> get past <laughs> Because uh, he, if you, you want to keep your relationship, you know, it's good to balance these things and recognize what, you know, 
when right. maybe something else might work better. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I love dancing. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've had ballroom dance lessons and uh, we're going to start doing some of that together. But, you know, where we are today, I'm, you know, YouTube has everything, right? So literally I learned to tap dance, like basic tap dance. I just learned from a video um, as a kid off of a TV show, just learning to grow up. And then later on I took lessons, but so, but I do love dancing. And um, as I said, you know, my husband is a musician and he's a music lover as well. So um, he's not really all that much. He's more of a side to side guy when it comes to dancing, to dancing. He might laugh if you hear me say that, <laughs> but, um, but we do dance together and, um, we share a calendar so he can see my calendar and he knows when my flex time is and when it's coming up. And sometimes that flex time is about us and sometimes, um, it's about me. And so I, I mean, I'm a lifelong learner. I, I continue to to learn. Um, and, uh, I just, you know, really want to take care of my health. I have this team, uh, I call them my team, my, an acupuncturist, an herbalist, a chiropractor, an iridologist, and a massage therapist. And they are amazing. And, uh, you know, they, it just, I'm, I just, it's downtime. I'm telling you, I don't know if you've ever engaged in acupuncture, but you can have the best nap ever with all those needles stuck in you. <laughs> waiting for her to come back. Okay. Um, so I, I do things like that, um, to disconnect. I like just going on walks and admiring nature and it's really good. Uh, anyone listening, let me tell you, make sure you get outside. Um, because just, just being in nature is very therapeutic and actually healing and immune boosting as well. So that's just some of the things I like to do. But the biggest thing, the, the bottom line answer to the question is I put flex time on my calendar um, and I make sure it's there at least a couple days a week. And I honor it because the people that I am serving, including my husband, deserve for me to be at my best. And that helps me to be at my best so I can give my best. That is great advice. And I know a lot of people in our sweet community who live by their calendars, myself included. So I love it. Um, <laughs> Put that flex time on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you've already given us one great piece of advice, but I'll see one more. If you could give any one piece of advice to current engineers who want to live their most fulfilled life, what would it be? I always believe that um, the path to fulfillment, it's, it's, a, it's a journey. You don't just wake up one day and decide, hey, I'm going to be fulfilled today. Um, and again, you know, being engineers and, you know, taking steps and having a, you know, a formula, I believe the first step to being fulfilled and living a fulfilled life is, and I've already mentioned this, um, but just to make it more succinct is to, um, to understand who you really are, what you really want and why you want it. And to do this, you have to really answer these questions, uh, you know, from deep down inside. Um, typically, uh, when I ask someone these questions, um, we will go over it many, many, many times. And there is a process by which you cannot uh, repeat the same answer twice because it causes you to dig deeper. Um, and what we're looking for is something that's not from your parents, your professor in college, your manager at work, you know, your mentor, your executive coach, your CEO. This is really deep down inside of you. And and what I found is that it is sometimes scary um, to go that deep and to, um, to to own it, really, to say it, and to then to believe that you can have it. Uh, 
But this is an opportunity to dig deep and acknowledge some things and to own it and begin to um, look at how we might uh, implement that or bring it uh, to fruition. Um, you may have to redefine some things or draw some lessons from the past, like like I mentioned earlier, um, or um, there's a process of going through it. But when you think about, you ask yourself, who am I? What do I want? And why do I want it? And you, you know, you do it um, face to face, which means in the mirror, <laughs> you know, eye to eye, really asking and digging deep and answering those questions. Um, it can be uh, very liberating, uh, some sometimes emotional, but liberating. And so I admonish everyone to um, to, to start there uh, because that sets the direction uh, of where you're going to go next. Um, I actually have a worksheet um, that I can make available for people to use to go through this exercise. Um, it's it's a, a five-step process, um, but it really sets the environment for you to be able to dig deep and to to answer uh, those questions. So Heather, I actually have a worksheet um, that I can offer uh, for any of the listeners to use to, to go through this exercise and to assist them uh, in doing this first phase. So if you will go to fulfillmentcheatsheet.com, again, that's fulfillmentcheatsheet.com. Uh, it, you can download the worksheet and go through that process and it'll help you uh, to get going. And even coming out of that, it will you will be able to create a declarative statement for where it is you want to go and how you want to uh, experience fulfillment uh, in your life. And that includes your career and your relationships as well. That is fantastic. I can't wait to go download it and check it out. Um, Dr. Kim, thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today and providing some really valuable insight for our current and future engineers and leaders. Thank you, Heather. I'm really uh, honored to be here and excited to be here and looking forward to the workshops and really looking forward to being able to help SWE members uh, get on the path to be both successful and fulfilled and hashtag have it all. I am looking forward to that as well. As a reminder to our listeners, you can learn more and register for Dr. Kim's limited seating empowerment workshops at advancedlearning.swe.org. Again, advancedlearning.swe.org. I'm Heather Doty. For all of us at SWE, thanks for listening.